0: I am Chris Chaus, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the fantasy headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am now joined with my former friend, Mr. Chris <laughs> Kennedy. What is going on? Because you know what? I'm not even going to let you introduce yourself. I don't like you today. Don't like you one bit, um, but go ahead. Introduce I, yourself. Yeah.
1: Are you? How much are you actually going to let me speak for the next you're, like? You're not talking. Hour? I was going to cut you <laughs> off
0: right away. I'm like, this guy's not talking today. I'm going to vent all my grievances because I got some problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it because seriously, what I witnessed on Monday Night Football was just a travesty. It was a horseshit game. I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm very angry today. If you didn't understand before, and when you heard my rant on my Buffalo Bills, if you guys missed that one, it was a couple weeks back. I went off on my bills. And, and it's again, man, I'm angry. This is not okay with what's going on. Your Patriots have climbed back up to the top of the AFC conference, not only the division, for God's sakes. This world is broken. I mean, you know what this is? This is Bill Belichick sticking it to Tom Brady saying, yo, man. I didn't need you. You won your Super Bowl, and now I'm here to show you what I can do when I got the fire it back in the furnace a little bit, man. You go talk about your Patriots and your love, you bastard.
1: I mean, I, all right. So let me put it this way: I only need about three minutes, or as many passing attempts as Mac Jones needed to win that football game. So I'll make it quick. But whoa, whoa taking <laughs> shit out of context already. Here we go. Um. I mean, uh, nobody saw this coming last night as far as, you know, what the Patriots were doing on offense. Yes. The wind was absolutely howling. There was snow from, you know, Twitter left and right. It was, you know, a snow globe inside that stadium, but nobody, nobody saw the new England not throwing the ball, you know, like only having three pass attempts. It's the first time ever in Patriots franchise history where they've had only three passing attempts and still won the football game. Mm. So the running game obviously was was the key to this this whole thing. You know, you had Damian Harris break off that super long touchdown run, and then he got banged up in the second half, didn't play as much. He only finished with 10 carries. Um, so it really was the Ramondre Stevenson show kind of in the second half, fourth quarter. Um, but I mean, there, there were a few different things to this game that, you know, were, were obviously worrisome. It was, you know, the, the Bills run defense, which made some stops when they needed to, you know, but also they were just giving up big chunks of yardage throughout the entire game. I mean, not just that one run from Harris, but I mean, you saw Harris and Stevenson, even Bolden, you know, get five, six yards of carry to make it these, you know, short, you know, second and short, third and short opportunities which is also why I think that they decided to keep running it because they weren't in many second or third and long situations where Mac Jones had to throw the ball. So the fact that they were able to get into these short yarded situations, it really just took that much pressure off of the offense because Belichick knew that they could run the ball. And when you look at what the bills were doing, at least on offense, it was like it was like they weren't really trying to get things going until that second half, you know, mm-hmm. from what I saw as far as getting Stefan Diggs involved. You know, uh Cole Beasley was a complete non factor whatsoever. You had the touchdown to to Gabriel Davis. Um, but I mean the, the targets were there, you know, Manny Sanders, Dawson Knox, Stefan Diggs, they all had at least six targets. Um, but you could tell, and one thing I noticed with the with the accuracy of Allen is that he kept on forcing throws to the right. And that's the direction that the wind was blowing. So the ball kept sailing on him, mm-hmm. you know, instead of throwing to the middle of the field or over to the left a little bit and kind of anticipating that wind, he was really trying to push it more to the right side of the field, which, you know, it it again, you saw a lot of balls going out of bounds that were out of the hands of the receivers.
0: Yeah, I mean... <sighs> There's so much to unpack in what was such a shitty weather-wise contest, and I mean, it ruined the entire fabric of the game for me.
1: Yeah, if we would
0: if we would have lost to the Patriots because of you know clean weather, no elements, and and we just got uh, beat by a better squad, then fine. I got no gripe today because well, actually, I probably still would because I don't want to lose to you guys. But I mean, how it went down was even worse because. Like you said, I mean, the running game, they, the Bills gave up 222 rushing yards. Okay. But then that sounds a lot worse than it really is because your total offense was 241. So, on statistic records, you're going to say the Bills' defense played very well, even though they get, did give up that 70 yard touchdown run to Harris. You minus that away. Now you're under 200 yards. So, here's my mm-hmm. point and the problem with this, with this whole how this whole game went out for Buffalo is that they didn't adjust at all. And I and I blame the coaching staff 110% for this. When you say Josh was throwing to the right where the wind was howling, it's because and I and I heard I I went back to Bill's radio after the game because I was so angry. I had to listen to what they were saying. And it, it was a, it was a decent point because and I, and I tend to agree with it is that because Josh has such a strong arm, if he's passing it to the left hand side, then the ball is going to carry even more. He's trying to pa- pass into the wind where it's where it's uh, swirling so that he's actually trying to cut the wind with his power. And I mean, you saw how many times even on the last play of the game uh, where they were what, fourth and what, 13 and trying to score mm-hmm. that touchdown to win. I mean, the, the ball just died. I mean, that's why the defensive the, the defensive back was able to jump it and, and tip it down. But I mean, look, they still threw 30 times right in this ball game, the Buffalo Bills did. So, I mean, you're talking about. <laughs> you talk about adjustments, you talk about they they didn't really have an identity or try in that first half. It's truth. And when you had the wind, this is where the mistakes were happening from uh, Coach McDermott and company and and Brian Dable, in my opinion, is that you kept calling plays in the wrong fashion. When you had the wind at your back, that was when you could throw. That is when you should have capitalized on all of your opportunities throwing the ball. When you didn't have the wind, it should have been short over the middle screen plays, bubble screens, anything that was short to try to do it because your Patriots, they had one safe back and you guys stack the box cuz you knew we can't run and the passing was going to be freaking difficult. When it comes to the Bills defense, good god. You know what the, the adjustments that are not happening. it took them till the third quarter until they uh, and I think Harris uh, was was already hampered there with that hamstring. It took mm-hmm. them to the third quarter to go 4-3 uh true 4-3 not nickel because they were playing nickel the, the whole of uh, first half and maybe a couple a handful of times I saw a 4-3 truth 4-3 linebacker out there. and And I mean, that's why Harris freaking banged that one out on that 70 yard. I mean, yeah, Edmonds got caught because he over pursued. And then that hole was just freaking you could drive, drive a semi truck through that damn thing. But, I mean, the adjustments, the, the coaching, man, is really pissing me off. Because if you're not going to understand in-game management, how can you possibly win in any shape or form, whether or not, man?
1: No, it's it's true because if you don't make the adjustments, and that's something that you know Belichick has been you know revered for over the years, is making those adjustments at halftime. You know when you look at what they were doing in the second half, is there were times where Belichick didn't mind you know not you know maybe not going forward on the fourth down, he was going to punt because he knew. With the wind situation, he was playing the wind the entire game, like mm. a lot of his, you know, that management that he had was based off of the direction of the wind. And he's like, you know what, I'd rather punt this and give it to the bills because I know they're going to be throwing it. and They're gonna be going into the wind. He's like, I'm gonna take my chances.
0: 100%. And I mean, so, you know, everyone's going to say, even you joke about it saying Mac money only throws two of three for 19 yards. And, you know, I saw some people on Twitter, some Bills fans getting a little irate and they're like, this is such disrespect on the Buffalo Bills defense. No, it was not, man. Bill Belichick, and he wasn't overly creative. Belichick wasn't. He was basically saying to Buffalo's coaching staff and that defense, you guys can't stop it. I'm gonna keep doing it until you stop it, and that's all this game was, man. He didn't have to throw the football because he's like, oh, like you said, you're in third and two, third and three, and you're confident enough that you're able to pick up those first downs when you had to. You did not have to throw in this game. It's crazy, but then that that points to my 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 fact. The Bills should have been in fucking goal line defense the entire game. What keep one safety back, keep your corners outside, and fucking play goal line like I, I just I'm so baffled with the game plan he ran all over you okay yeah chunk yardage the bills did make stops did get the ball back but what did you do with it offensively you know I almost blame this offense more than I do this defense because yeah they stopped you guys to 14 points if you get if we made a bet before the game and you said the bills are going to only give up 14 points I'd say give me the money because we would have won the game
1: oh, absolutely I mean the one thing with what New England was doing on offense. It was almost like a halfback dive every single time. Mm. There were a handful of runs sprinkled here and there that were to the outside, but everything was right up the middle and it was just going to be a battle of my guys are going to beat your guys. And that's pretty much what happened. When you see that the New England Patriots were averaging five yards a carry last night on 46 rushing attempts. Mm. Yes, you had that big 64 yard touchdown, but I mean, just like I said earlier, they're getting chunks and chunks of yardage. And that was the key right there to the game is the fact that the bills couldn't stop them leaving new England in these short yarded situations. And it was just making it that much easier to convert. And I mean, the bills had a chance to win it at the end of the game, but you know, like you said, it was, you know, that wind, everything down there by the end, it was an absolute, just, it was, it was an absolute disaster. And, you know, you got fortunate enough where, uh, I, I believe it was Daniel, uh, ukulele uh i like to call him ukulele uh batted down you know batted down that yeah, ball yeah. right uh, right at the goal line
0: yeah and that's the one that died in the air man cuz that wind gust came and kicked up but i mean there were a couple of things uh, before i go into another bills rant there were a couple of things in this um game that really bothered me so the field goal going into the wind the field goal attempt that we that the buffalo bills tried to do what mm-hmm. the hell are you thinking i understand it was again it was like fourth and 12 and and McDaniel or McDaniels uh, uh McDermott he was he was not confident obviously enough to try to score and get a first down or it was fourth and goal from like the 13 so the uh, 13 yards to get a touchdown in the wind when you when you can't run the ball i mean yeah that, i understand why the reasoning to go for the field goal but into the wind that's like a mm-hmm. freaking uh, man that gives you 20% chance of making that field goal i don't care who you are another one Josh Allen he was missing guys man on that one third and uh Nine, I believe it was, it was late in the fourth quarter. He had, when he had to roll out to the right, he had digs wide open in the middle of the yeah. field. He missed him, And that one would have extended the drive as well. At that last play, the one where the ball died, where he was going to uh, Gabriel Davis, he had Cole Beasley right in front of Davis wide open. If he would have seen him, that was a touchdown and it was game over. So on top of the play calling, do I really blame Dable no. I blame the execution. And we can say, okay, well, is it at fault the execution wasn't there because of 55-mile-an-hour winds? Okay, fine. I get it. But I mean, you had to recreate what you were doing, and the adjustments weren't clean enough. They weren't fast enough, and Josh Allen on par was missing uh, a a lot of these wide receivers. And I mean, when I talk about this run game, I mean, if you want to add something, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. So if you want to jump in...
1: Nope, nope. You are good, sir.
0: Okay, man. So here we go. I, You know what? I've sat back and after this game, I was tweeting out. I was angry. And then I said, you know what? I got to go and get a, 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 an adult beverage because I need to calm some nerves, man. Shit was bubbling to the top, right? And as I started looking at some tape, because I had to go back and rewatch some of this game, even though it was so ugly, I was I, was, I had to go back and see what the hell was going on. And everything I've said about my Buffalo Bills and what I wanted, I'll reiterate, I wanted a running back. I wanted linebackers and I wanted a, another linebacker and I wanted another defensive back. You know this going back from the whole offseason. season. The Buffalo Bills. Do you know what they did? And and it it dawned on me what they actually did with this roster. Now that we see this season, second season of how they're built. They replicated the Kansas City Chiefs in a way that I really didn't understand because when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, they have Kelsey. yeah, Yeah, they have Tyreek, but they do it all with passing and they only get a running back to get you chunk yardage and explosive plays just to keep the defense off balance. The Buffalo Bills do the exact same thing, except they built it with four wide receivers and they tried to do it with Singletary and Moss. This was their problem. Now, all of a sudden you have a line that cannot block the run. It is solely a pass blocking offensive line. You only have four wide receivers. Dawson Knox is an up and coming tight end. He's no Travis Kelsey. So now what you're doing, what you're facing, because everybody, like we said, the defenses have morphed to cover two, two safeties top. And that's how they defend it, especially when you don't have a run game. This is how the bills are being beaten because they're two years already behind the eight ball because Tampa Bay already dissected this gave everybody the blueprint on Kansas City and the bills tried to recreate it without a running back that can get you four fucking yards per carry and give you help in the pass game. This is a major flaw in this bills game in this bills team. So now everyone's sitting here saying, well, how can the bills be playing this poorly when they went to the AFC championship last year because they didn't add, they didn't add anything. They got lucky with Spencer Brown. He's a beast on that right tackle, man. Judon, he was invisible. We didn't see red sleeves last night that much. It was the one sack. That's all we really saw of him. That was it. That yep. was it. And and I mean, that's all, that's all Spencer Brown, the six foot eight guy, like on the right tackle, just a beast. But the thing is, you got two really—I don't want to say crappy because they're NFL pro players, but I mean Devin Singletary and Zach Moss—they're crappy, and and they're not good enough for what you what you need them to do. They have no vision. They don't bounce it outside. They're average in the pass game. And yeah, okay, Moss is is probably the best uh, run blocker or uh, pass blocker that we have at the position but this is why the Buffalo Bills are struggling. Now you enter the elements into play and you created only a pass team that won't be able to win in their own freaking stadium. Think about this. In December, what do you need to do in Buffalo? Run the damn ball, control the clock, and then you win the games. You built a squad that you 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 literally need to go on the... I don't even want the home field advantage anymore. I'm glad they're losing. I hope they make it into the freaking playoffs because we're going to play on the road. Either it's going to be hotter or a dome. Give me that all day long because I don't want to see them
1: team in buffalo right now i i hear you and it was we talked about this a lot last year same problem for the bills the fact that they didn't have a run game that they could actually rely on i mean it was just a one-dimensional offense all throughout the playoffs and that was the biggest achilles heel yeah they were able to get by you know with the arm of josh allen and Steph, you know Stephon diggs you know and the rest of the offense but still when you don't have a run game, you become so one-dimensional that defenses are going to figure it out, and Kansas City figured that out very quickly.
0: Exactly. And look at what the Chiefs are right now, too. They're not winning because of their offense. Patrick Mahomes, right. fantasy football-wise, what has he done? Has he gotten over 15 points in the last five games? I don't think he has.
1: No, no, and that's the thing. Is like, yeah, he's had a couple of games where he's, you know, had his typical four touchdown, five touchdown, you know, performance. But other than that, he's been very, very sketchy to say the least.
0: Right. And they're winning by defense. So I mean. Ah, dude, that was a tough pill to swallow. You're sitting over there, this guy's all happy, and I don't like it. You should see this guy, man. He's like, you know, he's like a kid in the candy store. He's, his cheeks are all rosy, he's all happy.
1: I'm not, Well, ah, to be fair, like the, the dude, cheeks are rosy half because of the beer, half because of the adrenaline. So, fair yeah.
0: yeah, man, you've been celebrating all night. I know. I know what you Patriots fans do. Good God, what an <laughs> ugly contest that was! And the Bills outgained you, or almost outgained you. I think offensively, it was like two thirty. So that's even worse. Oh yeah. Man. You, you see what I'm saying? You threw thirty passes and you you gained two hundred thirty yards. This is on the offense more than it is the defense, especially
1: when you saw the the uh, post game interview with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You see that? Where that they, was the, that was oh when they they and for good reason they got pissed off. I mean that reporter had no. No business saying, you know, asking that question. You know, no, like,
0: man, you're calling embarrassment to your own. Like, do, do you forget yeah, what it no, was like in 2000s no. to 2016 where we had a revolving door of coaches and freaking quarterbacks named JP Lossman? You guys have gotten oh spoiled god. over freaking three years of Josh Allen. Do you not remember what we went through, Bill's mafia? Like, oh my god, I, I was like ready to go and fight with a JP
1: Lossman. I. Oh boy.
0: JP Lossman. That's how rough shit was, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh. But you know what? Hey, you guys have come a long way and the season ain't over yet.
0: No, it's not. So speaking of not over yet, I got to talk to you about this since it's your Patriots. Are they not getting enough credit right now for being a potential or are they a potential Super Bowl Super Bowl contender at this point?
1: I think they are because when you look at the rest of the AFC, you know, Tennessee is not to be much of a concern. AJ Brown done for the year. Obviously Derrick Henry, maybe they get him back for the playoffs. Maybe they don't. Um, so they're literally relying on Ryan Tannehill and maybe Julio Jones, who's now being activated off of IR. So Tennessee, I think is kind of out of the question at this point. Um, you still have to worry about, you know, you got the Colts to potentially worry about obviously the chiefs are always going to be there. The bills are going to be there, but I think right now the, the Patriots have shown, you know, they can, not only can they beat up on the crappy teams, you know, but they can also go toe to toe with the best in the AFC and win those games. So for me, yeah, I think, I think the Patriots should be considered a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, But I also think right now, a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, at what point, you know, at at what point are they going to choke? Like, at what point is Mac Jones going to start looking like a rookie? And I, I I think that last night would have been that great opportunity to kind of silence any critics about, okay, well, what can Mac Jones do against the top tier defense? He didn't have that opportunity last night. So he's going to have to wait another couple of weeks before he faces you guys again.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to say it, man. I mean, outside, Tampa Bay really was their only big bet right now. Yes, they're winning. I understand that. It's hard to win in this league, and I get that. So I'm not taking anything away from what you guys have done because what Bill Belichick has put together, this is the thing about me being angry with my team because you guys do it so so damn well bill belichick knows what he has in his locker room each and every year and he Mm -hmm. exploits that to the best of their ability so i was watching that game yesterday and i'm like okay they only let mac throw three times I was thinking in my head, I'm like, is this a detriment to the young man? Because you're, it shows you don't trust him. You don't trust him enough to throw in conditions that you think are going to put you in a situation to lose. But then I kind of, as I was even thinking that, I kind of answered my own question. I was like, they didn't even have to pass. So it's not like it was that. Because you saw him joking after the, the post game. He says, now they don't even know what pass plays we're going to do
1: when we face them next week or two weeks from now because we didn't have to show it. No, and it's true, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's as much of a lack of trust, more of a lack of unknown, because Mac Jones has never had to play in any of these kind of conditions before. Somebody, somebody dug up a tweet of his from like 2015 or 2016 <laughs> yeah. of Mac Jones saying, "I've never seen snow before," yeah. so, and then you, from a kid who played in Alabama, like he's never had to worry about these type of harsh, harsh conditions before. So, um, I did think it was interesting though that he. Uh, took a page from Tom Brady, who passes down to Brian Hoyer, who passed it down to Mac Jones of wearing the scuba suit uh, underneath his uniform for the game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> hey, man, it was cold, man. You, you need to dress I, up. I would run. have worn it, too. It was cold, man. So, I mean, OK, fine. Fair enough. You say they are. I'm still not convinced. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just not convinced yet. But I mean, they got what the, the Patriots right now they're on the bye. the Indianapolis Colts, the Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins. What's you you think they're running the table for
1: and all going home? No, I think I think I think three and one is definitely more realistic. You know, um, I think Jonathan Taylor will probably just run all over New England. I do think New England will still be able to pull that game out because I think Carson Wentz will just make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um I would not be surprised if you guys take that second game, you know, of the of the series there. And then I think we went out against Jacksonville and Miami.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think if the weather is fine in, in New England that day, even if even if it's snowing or raining, as long as there's no wind, I think the bills are going to come out super hard in that game. And if they don't, oh man, you're going to see Bill's mafia freaking light up every social media outlet there is. But the Bills, man, it doesn't get any easier for them. Tampa Bay next week. Good God, Carolina, New England, Atlanta, New York Jets. So they're seven and five right now. Uh, seven and five. And if they win, so they, let's just say, okay, I still think that they could compete with the bucks. We saw with the bucks, they had their struggles when it came to um, Indiana or uh, Atlanta last week. So they are susceptible to being scored on through the air because of that Mm -hmm. secondary in Tampa Bay. It's obviously not good, but I mean, Indiana, uh, sorry, Carolina, that's, that's a beatable team. They have to beat the Patriots. Atlanta's beatable. New York jets are beatable. So even if the bills go four and one down the stretch, they're in, they're in great shape, three and two, they can still make the playoffs but now all of a sudden you're you're going to be at the bottom basically fighting for your life so at least you know what they they hold the di- uh, destiny in their own hands my bills do at this point so I want to see uh, what I want to see versus Tampa Bay. Even if we do lose that game, I want to see a big bounce back. I want to see a damn get right game in the biggest of ways. I want to see you. You know what? You can't run the ball. Stop trying. Bring in guys like a McKenzie on sweeps. You know, be creative. Go give Gabriel Davis sweeps. You know, get back to the over the middles to Cole Beasley and Diggs. like recreate your run game. You, 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 you did this to yourselves. You created a passing only team. So do Mm -hmm. it do it. Don't, don't give me no excuses to say, Oh, well, we tried to establish this. You can't establish shit. So start passing the ball. I don't care. Throw 50 times. Now this is where I'm at with this team until you get a legitimate guy. And you know what, whose name came in my head? It was Kareem hunt. If Kareem hunt was on this offense, that's easy four to 4.2 yards per carry help in the pass game and an explosive speedy back. That's what this offense needs. If they're going to be, four widespread sets and they want just to keep you off balance with a run game. That's what they need.
1: I completely, I completely agree. I think that, you know, obviously Singletary and Moss are not the answers. I mean, the fact that there were a couple of games where they were showcasing Matt Breida more shows you the lack of confidence in these other two guys. I don't care what McDermott says and saying that he still has confidence in, in Moss and, you know, Singletary's still their guy. Like they're not the answer.
0: No, they're not. They're definitely not. What? Ah, uh, really, man! You had to make a Tuesday really this bad for me. Look, man, my blood pressure is high again. The meter is going off right now. I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. Like
1: this is what you're doing to me. You no, know it's gonna be amazing. Is I'm I'm still looking into. So we, we play you guys again the day after Christmas. All right. That's right. I there's there's like an eighty percent chance that I'm going to be going to that game.
0: Oh, you 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 want to be disappointed
1: live is what you're saying. So if you think that I am unsufferable now, yeah. oh, man, Merry Christmas, boy. I am just going to come after it.
0: God, I hate you so much, man. We are no <laughs> longer friends. The bromance is over. Good Lord. What a game that was not. I don't like mm. it. Hell, that's enough talking about our teams. Let's talk about one team that doesn't get enough uh, juice and credit, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. And, and the mm. reason why I want to talk about them look at Kyler. He comes back. And, and I mean, we're seeing a little bit of, of chatter, but not near enough about this Arizona Cardinals team. And I mean, I'm a fan. I've been a fan. You've been a fan. You were actually uh, more on board fantasy wise for Kyler at the start than I was um, only because you love your rushing upside quarterbacks. I was always the skeptic and still am on passing upside to say that's going to cripple their floor. But again, you beat me to the punch and say stuff it, Chris, because running quarterbacks are what fantasy football needs. But I mean, they've won all their freaking road games, which is seven so far by 10 or more points. 10 or more points, Chris, and nobody is talking about this team like a legit Super Bowl contender because they lost to Green Bay.
1: Yeah, and also, let's not, you know, miss the fact that the the games that Kyler Murray did miss with that injury, Arizona went two and one. Like they're 10 and two right now, even in those two and a half, three games that he missed. So I think a lot of credit has to go to Kingsbury and what he's been able to do with this team, you know, especially the defense, you know, obviously they lost to to Green Bay, but still, I mean, the fact that, you know, you lose, you lose JJ Watt for the entire season, the defense is still looking really, really strong. And I completely agree with you. I think if there's any team in the NFC that can go toe to toe with Tampa Bay, it's going to be Arizona.
0: Yeah, man. And I mean, dude, you guys go back, all the listeners. If you guys don't believe what I'm saying, how we were early on the Kingsbury wagon. I think you were mm-hmm. right there with me. I was su so, as much as you loved Kyler out the gates. I, I as soon as Kingsbury got the job with uh, uh, the Cardinals, I was a full on in, in supporter. Uh, he, to me, and I said it on many occasions, he's the next up and coming young genius mastermind, offensive talent, like a McVay, like a Shanahan, and and look, he's proven it. Like he said, they're winning with Colt McCoy. They're winning without Edmonds on the field. He's he's revamped James Connor to new levels. They didn't have mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins for God's sakes, and they're ten and two in in arguably one of the hardest divisions in all of football.
1: That's the other thing is you know the fact that they went two and one without without Murray. They didn't have Hopkins over the last couple of games, and they were still able to you know, granted they lost the game, but they were still able to look good. So, I mean. The team is, there aren't many teams that are very complete from top to bottom. This is one of those handful of teams in the league.
0: Yeah, they're good all around. That offensive line is good. Kyler goes for four TDs versus the Bears. The uh, They pick off uh, Andy Dalton four times. Like, I get it. It was wet. The ball was slippery. But, man, they make plays. They're an opportunistic defense. I wish JJ was still on the field because, man, could you imagine that rush, pass rush even more with JJ back on the field? Good Lord almighty, Arizona. Be smiling, Cardinal fans, because seriously, the Red Sea is coming.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw what happened in Week One. You know, with JJ Watt, you know, commanding so much attention. Yeah, Chandler Jones just break out for five sacks.
0: Yeah, just five. No big. I mean, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, easy work.
0: <laughs> like like picking cookies and cupcakes, man. It was it was no problem. Exactly. Do you think they're legit gonna make it this year to the Super Bowl? See, see I what know. I'm saying? You yeah. question it. You see what I'm saying? That's I what do. everybody's doing right now, and I, and I don't why? know why. Because... Why? <sighs>
1: because it's because it's go, they're go, they're going to most likely be going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks and a playoff Tom Brady is not who I would want any team to face like Brady's going to lose in the regular season sure but like once it gets into the playoffs he's a different animal and he just gets in this different mode it's almost like, like LeBron James in the playoffs, you know, he turns off all social media goes his, you know, quote unquote zero dark 30. And that's kind of like what Brady does. Like he just gets in this mindset where just nothing he's just impenetrable. So I think that, I think it, I'd love to see the Cardinals do it. Absolutely. But it's tough to bet against Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady.
0: Okay. So right there, you just basically emphatically said the, the Buccaneers are going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> why yeah. hasn't why man, not hasn't he won enough like we're done seeing this man oh
1: i didn't say i want him to i'm just saying it's probably gonna happen
0: rick man your love for tom brady you would like to see him win five more even in a different uniform
1: you oh, make God, me no. sick I, you I would make love, me sick i would love nothing more <laughs> And I'm sure the NFL would also love to see this. So don't yeah. be surprised if it happens. If we see a New England Patriots Tampa Bay Super Bowl, because the storyline and the ratings would go through the roof for the NFL. And then I would love nothing more than to see Bill Belichick just take a dump on the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: Unreal. How this look at the selfishness, man. He gets his old boy in the Super Bowl versus new boy. And then his new boy wins because it's hometown. Look at how he operates. Do you guys understand now what I'm dealing with over here? This is how Rem operates. It's only selfish behavior. It's nothing for the other guys. It's only about him. He needs to be comforted. He needs to feel like he's uh, loved and taken care of. What about the rest of us?
1: You know what? There's no I in team, but the sure is a me.
0: <laughs> you motherfucker. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff going on. But I mean, Tampa Bay, you bring up an interesting topic. Let's sidetrack because I mean, okay, Tampa Bay to me, they're winning differently. And, and this is interesting because last year we didn't see them utilize Uncle Lenny like they're doing until the playoffs. Oh, God, no. Right. So now this is an interesting dynamic. Why I don't I tend not to disagree with your point saying that. Tampa Bay is obviously, again, with Tom Brady, a legitimate Super Bowl contender because they are doing it differently. They're controlling more clock. They're running the ball. Uncle Lenny's getting a ton of passing plays and, and PPR upside in this offense right now because they got to control the clock a little bit. Their defensive secondary is still beat up. Excuse me. Yes, I believe they got Carlton Davis back last week. But they're they're just beat up, man, on that defensive side. Look at Matt Ryan was able to move up and down on them last week, but the way that it's almost like Tom Brady's bringing some Bill Belichick to Bruce Arians and telling him, "Hey, man, just adjust with me, and I'll lead you to the promised land." Because this is what we do. I don't know, man. They're they're a tough bet, man. Tough beat.
1: And it's the fact that they're they're allowing Uncle Lenny to get these touches and not have the split with Ronald Jones like they had last year. I mean, right now through the first 13 weeks of the season, Leonard Fournette is almost doubling the number of touches per game that he's had compared to last season. So, and I granted, he, the Bucks didn't have him for the first couple, two or three weeks of the season, but still, you know, from weeks like three or four through t- through 13, mm-hmm. he was only getting about nine touches per game. And now he's seeing 18, 19 touches per game. And it's not just getting these touches, but he's being efficient when he's getting these touches and also being used in the passing game.
0: Can I get some props, please? Nobody's giving it to me. I'm feeling a little lonely over here. Can you please tell the people and give me some props for this, please?
1: It's it's true, folks. And for anyone that listens to this show as much as you should, this man, Chris Chouse, was on Uncle Lenny from the beginning. Be like,
0: beginning.
1: The beginning. He was all over Lenny all about him saying, draft him, draft him, draft him. He's going to be the bell cow for the Bucks. And I was like, nah, they're probably going to do another 50-50 share with Rojo, blah, blah, blah. I was wrong. Chaus was right.
0: Thank you. At least I get something. You know, I got to beg for my shit now to see this. See? see how life is going for Chaus right now? It's not very good. I don't feel good inside, man. It's like I'm outside the store with a cup in my hand. I'm begging for change. Give me some, give me some scraps, please. I'm hungry. You know, feed me. Fuck my life right now with this football. I'm swearing too much again. Hide your kids. I'm sorry for the language. That's why we have an
1: explicit content. Good
0: Lord. Yeah. But you know, some of the, we've heard they like to drive in their minivans with the podcast on and, and I'm dropping F bombs while they're taking their kids to school. I apologize.
1: You know what, parents, before you listen to this podcast in the minivan with said children, just make sure you tell the kids earmuffs,
0: earmuffs, headphones, whatever you like, because, you know, some days it gets a little rough, man, over here. You know, it's cold over here.
1: I mean, it's 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 cold here, too. But I mean. When you win a whole bunch of football games, it just yeah. warms you to the core.
0: See, and then he's got to jab me one more time before we even move on. I hate you, man. I hate you.
1: Love but, you. Um,
0: You know, next week, we're going to hold some auditions for a new co-host on Straight Chubb. So uh, if anybody's interested, you know, DM me over it uh, on my Twitter and, and we'll get that done. We need to replace this guy across the across from me here.
1: And if I just suddenly go missing, you, you know who the first suspect Shit, is.
0: I didn't do it, man. I did nothing. Well, this has been fun, man. I'm I'm out. You you can handle the rest of the show. Take care. Bye bye.
1: All right. And on this <laughs> week's uh, Patriots podcast, we're going to be talking about <laughs> we got we got Damian Harris on the
0: line. But good lord, let's dive into some hi- uh, headlines. Some injuries have occurred. Playoffs for some of y'all for fantasy football are uh, starting this week. Likely most of y'all next week with the addition of the Week 18 schedule. So I mean. I'm feeling this one's interesting to me, Chris, because he's he mm. um, sprained his ankle and they, they came out and said it's a high ankle sprain. And this mofo is uh, apparently trying to practice this week and and likely could suit up next week. What am I missing? What are they shooting up in his ankle? Because that's a four to six, man.
1: If it is a high ankle sprain and he's trying to practice, um, why aren't they giving like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, the same stuff that they're going to be giving Adam <laughs> Thielen,
0: right? Like what roids are they shooting up in that ankle? Cause I'm, I'm shocked that he's even trying It's The game's on no, Thursday if, for God's sakes.
1: No, it, no. Yeah, no. So if there, if it, if it is in fact a high ankle sprain and it's like a legit high ankle sprain that we're, you know, kind of all accustomed to, to seeing from what we've seen in the past, there's no way in hell he's suiting up against the Steelers on Thursday night. Not a chance.
0: No way. And no, no way. And even the following week after that. So fantasy owners who have been relying on Adam Thielen, I'm sorry for your luck. I really would be shocked even if he gets to the finals for you, because if it is like Chris saying, a high ankle sprain, that's four to six weeks. And how they're saying he's coming back in two, um, maybe they got an amputee uh, and reattached it somehow. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing. Some fishy shit there.
1: All I know is that for all of you, Adam Thielen owners out there, go out and grab KJ Osborne because mm. he is going to help you out for the rest of the season until Thielen comes back. If Thielen comes back, because this team is five and what, five and seven right now, Th- who knows if they may just shut him down because there's very small chance that they make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that's a great point because if they lose this week, because um, they were kind of my dark horse, God, they disappoint me. Going up against Detroit, the way they did, the way they just folded, look man you got what five weeks left they go what they're you said they're five and seven they go ten and seven they can still make the playoffs and they're in but i mean that's a that's a tough sled without one of your boys like adam Thielen. even dalvin Cook's still out i mean good lord
1: yeah when you look at the rest of their schedule i mean they've got the steelers on thursday then they play the bears so that's a winnable game they've got the rams the packers and then the bears again so i mean this they could be looking at like maybe two and five the rest of the way. And that right there is not going to get you into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, man, that's a great point. So get your Osborne shares because fantasy playoffs, man, this time is crunch time, baby. We're in it. You're in it. Let's do this. Let's go get those trophies, man. Eli Mitchell, he's a surprise on the list this week. A concussion protocol symptoms found on Monday. Something to definitely watch, man. I didn't realize because he, I thought he finished the contest. um, If I'm not mistaken, I didn't see him leave. So for me to, for them to see this on the Monday after the game, showing symptoms is a little bit concerning for me to have a quick turnaround um, come Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was it was interesting too because he was the only running back that got any carries. Right. It's not like they had, you know, Jeff Wilson come in or, or anything else. He was the only one that that got a carry. I mean, Kittle and, and Jimmy G had, you know, their couple of opportunities, but um but yeah, I honestly I don't know. I, I don't where he did finish the game, I bet you he suits up for Sunday.
0: Yeah, well, they're saying Hastie's clear to play Wilson. He's dealing with that knee, that recovered knee that he got surgery on. Apparently, he's flared up and given him issues. So, man, you're going to go against safety protocols and pass this man through because people need Eli. He's been damn good, though, man. Holy Christ, has he been good?
1: I mean, he has been a absolute surprise fantasy, darling. And he's somebody that's winning you leagues right now that you were able to get off of waivers he's somebody mm-hmm. that wasn't even being drafted let alone you know even being thought about because everyone was thinking about oh jeff wilson jeff wilson um or trace trace, trace Erman, sermon trace urban yeah. so trace yeah, sermon, yeah but no eli, eli mitchell has been an absolute beast so far this year
0: unbelievable he is this year's uh james robinson that's for sure and mm-hmm if you got them, good for you. I missed out on the boat. I didn't pay enough shares of my fab money. And I'm, I'm sitting there jealous now. Corey Davis, he is done for the season with a core muscle surgery. I mean, it's not a fantasy really uh, issue because he wasn't really doing much for you. The only reason why I bring this up is because now this inflates, in my opinion, the double slot movement like man, we're making t-shirts double slot movement because that's me and Chris is saying for uh, Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder Moore goes off. Finally, hey, then uh, Zach Wilson answered all the questions on if he could support both guys. And he did that last week. Moore eighth, Crowder, not so much, but he still saw enough targets. Crowder right now, 21 owned in yahoo leagues chris uh if you're desperate you go grab uh mr crowder this week
1: absolutely i mean i i think you know with davis out anyone you look at you know more crowder you know more had a couple more catches you know what 15 more receiving yards uh so i think with crowder i mean hell if you're in a full ppr league he still got you 10 points
0: still got you 10 you gotta love the 10 baby
1: i don't know I, I like it i've always been a
0: fan a fan of crowder and you wish that you know if he would have found that end zone you know that that fantasy day looks very nice
1: Telling you, I would not that the not that the Patriots need another slot receiver or another secondary guy, but I would love Jameson Crowder with yeah. Mac Jones. You get, you get you you get you give Mac Jones Jameson Crowder and a legit alpha number one wide receiver, yeah. and just just whew, I'll tell you show, I'll tell you laser right show now,
0: I'll tell you right now if you guys go sign Crowder and you guys go get someone like Traylon Burks in the draft this year. I'm literally quitting the show. I'm done. I won't be here anymore. You guys can go do this yourselves because I can't support any more Patriot love and building for you guys to be better than us, man. You've had your time. Just back away. Just back away.
1: And it will, it God. will happen. You know, it, it's going to happen. Um, I honestly thought that it was going to happen a couple of years ago after, you know, Brady left and we had that, you know, that down year with cam, but then we just reloaded baby reloaded. We had a one year hiatus. And so far, so far, we back,
0: we back. Look at this guy, happiness again,
1: Logan Thomas. He
0: is not a happy man. He was feared to have an ACL injury. The hit didn't look very good. I mean, it was one of those where he was coming off the line to block going to the left and he got undercut, um, right to the knees. Mm. Hate those plays, man. That's just, I wish they could take that out of the league. You talk about freaking taunting and shit get that out of the league, man. These look get bring taunting back and get a penalty for this and, and say that that's an illegal hit because, but uh, the thing is with this one, it's weird. They, they went for MRI testing and it appears he didn't tear his ACL and, and they don't know what's going on inside his knee right now. Chris help me. Cause maybe we got to call Ethan Turner on this one.
1: I know because when I was looking at the initial reports, he said that he didn't tear his ACL, but there's still fear that he could miss the rest of the season. And, When I read that, I was like, "Okay, well, that doesn't help because I have no idea what to do with my Logan Thomas shares at this point. So if you have him, hold him, hold him until we get more news on exactly what's going on, especially wait, wait for the injury report video with Dr. Ethan Turner, because he's going to dive into it and get you all the information that you need to know, because Thomas is too talented to just up and drop right now.
0: So what about the backup there, that, that young buck Bates? He looks good, man. Was it
1: John Bates, Jesse Bates? Something like that. Oh, Je- Jesse Bates is the safety for the safety Bengals. for John Cincinnati. Bates. Yeah, John Bates.
0: He looks good, man. And I mean, they utilized him over the last three weeks. He's got some athletic ability. If you're in desperate need, tight ends are so hard to find at this point, especially if you were hoping that Thomas was going to carry you through. I don't hate it, man, especially the way Heineke's been playing.
1: Yeah. Nah, I'm good. I'm probably not going to be, I'm not, I'm not looking at John Bates. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Always got to, you know, knock me down, man. Julio I just Jones. Think there
1: are, I think there are other options on that offense, like with Humphreys and McLaurin. even Antonio Gibson, when McKissick comes back, he's going to get involved more in the passing game. Adam Humphreys, man. What are you smoking over there? Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys. He had himself a little bit of a game. He had good four Lord. catches for 38, good five Lord. targets.
0: Good Lord, man. Come on, man. You might as well start Corey Davis hurt. Like, come on. Go get you, go get you some Adam Humphreys. Boom. I'm cussing this man. Every opportunity I get now, Julio Jones, (laughs) man, like you said, activated from the IR no AJ Brown for at least another few weeks. He's on the IR to return Julio right now, 62% owned in Yahoo league. So he has opportunity to be picked up, Chris. I mean, they need a spark in Tennessee. They got an easier schedule I don't hate it, man. They got to force feed the ball somewhere. And if Julio is healthy, uh, we don't know if he ever is. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm taking a chance if I need a wide out.
1: I don't, I don't hate it either. Um, you know, and you, you mentioned opportunity. I think one of the one of the only opportunities that he has is the opportunity to get injured again, because <laughs> let's be honest, I guarantee you, I guarantee you he pulls something in the next five weeks.
0: Yes, he does. I think it's going to happen in the next two weeks. So if this is the week he returns, you know, bleed the productivity you can out of him this week because you won't have him next week. That's for darn that,
1: sure. That one week is going to be glorious.
0: Glorious. He'll get you if you're if you're struggling to get in the playoffs, he'll get you in the playoffs and then that'll be it for him. Daryl Henderson with the quad. We knew this going into last week. Remember, I said you want to pick up Sony. What did you say, Chris?
1: I was wrong. I said, no. Yes, don't you touch were wrong. A I started
0: I started him, man. I was like, I, but you know what? I was, I was forced to, but I mean, I was like, damn, Sony's right there. I'm like, I could have picked up someone like a Boston Scott. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to swing for the fences. This is a versus Jacksonville in LA at home. I'm going Sony bum knees and all Sony. Michelle gives me what? 23, 24 points, Chris. Oh baby.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, the fact that he had you know, over, over a hundred yards rushing. He had himself the touchdown and I'm pretty sure he had more receptions in that one game than he did in his entire Patriots career.
0: It's truth, man. They were using them all yeah. on the field. This is the thing yeah. now. So I'm seeing multiple reports. I want your opinion on this because it's interesting. So it's almost as if I've seen reports saying that Henderson is losing favor with McVeigh. and oh. yeah, man, I, I saw one guy, he's a beat writer for the LA Rams And he was sitting there saying that he's, this is going to be the same. I don't know if he was being facetious or he was lying, trying to stir some drama this week, I guess we'll tell, because I mean, Henderson suited up, didn't really see the field at all last week. I mean, if he's going to, this will tell the tale if this guy was lying or not, but I mean, if you picked up Sony, do not drop his ass, keep him uh, until you find out what's going on because clearly the Rams run game looked very good with Sony. And I mean, I'll take 20 points from bum knees any day.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and when, when you saw him in New England, you know, when he was actually on the field, he was very productive. You know, sure. it's just a matter of when he was actually on the field. So, you know, if you, if you were able to pick him up, hold on to him because who knows what's going to be happening with the touches in L.A., you know, especially if Henderson maybe is kind of falling out of favor, which... Who knows why? Because he's been playing great all season long, minus the injuries.
0: Yeah. That's why I was so baffled when I saw this guy, it was, he was on Twitter. He like wrote a novel and I was like, what is this guy talking about? I've never seen any report suggesting that uh, Henderson is in the doghouse, but Hey, it's worth a note. We got to share what we find out. And I, I'm not saying it's true, but keep your eye on that. If it is Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, he is done for the year. He's going for hip Mm. surgery, Chris. Oh, I only bring it up because we love some Fitz magic on this show and it's sad to see him go. Is this the end of the road? Will we be saying happy trails to our boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick?
1: First of all, I love the way that you, you rhymed there with show and go. So well done. Thank you. Um, I, you know, no, I don't think he's done. I think that he does. He latches onto another team next year. He's going to keep it going until literally the wheels fall off and he just can't, get up. Okay. Go I mean, I, I was, I was looking for, I really was hoping that he was gonna be able to come back this year because mm. I think that Washington, that offense, and don't, get, don't get me wrong. You know, uh, heineke has been playing very, very well for Washington, but I just love what Fitz Fitzpatrick can do, you know, when he's on the field. Yeah. He may throw some interceptions. He'll turn the ball over make some mistakes, but it's just so freaking fun to watch. I would have loved to have seen that relationship and that rapport with Terry McLaurin just blossom mm. throughout the year.
0: You know, and after what we're seeing, what Heineke is not doing with Terry right now, I hundred percent agree, man. And I would love to see, you know, his his post-game pressers with the hamburger meat all coming out of his shirt and with him all chains. Yeah, man, him being all suave and you know, I got 20 kids, but hey, I'm still playing. This man needs a new hit, basically. I I'd be shocked if he comes back, man, um at his age. I don't want to see it end. It would be nice to see him get one, but even if he does, he's likely going to be someone's backup as it is, but I hope it's not end of uh, see you later there Mr. Fitzmagic, but I mean, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm sad. I'm sad about that news.
1: Don't leave us yet, Fitzy. Don't, don't leave us yet. Don't leave us just yet.
0: Like I said, fantasy football playoffs, they will be likely starting next week. Um, and I thought it was a good opportunity for uh, some of these players that we discuss. Can we trust? Can we trust? We need jingles for all these segments, Chris. Can we trust these players going into the fantasy football playoffs? Kirk Cousins, let's start there. Clutch issues, we know Kirk. Can we trust him? Because overall, he's been playing fairly well, and, and Justin Jefferson has been a baller.
1: Oh, Justin Jefferson has been absolutely phenomenal. The one thing that worries me about Cousins is you're is going to have Adam Thielen, you know? And when you're looking at the fantasy playoffs, let's say that they do start in week 15, So I think that's when it's going to start for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They get the Bears, the Rams, and then your championship game is going to be most likely, if, if it is week 17, against the Packers it's not the easiest schedule minus the bears when going up against the Rams and the Packers, that's a tough quarterback to trust going into the playoffs. That's going to try to win you a championship.
0: No, fair enough. I I can't, I can't, I tend not to argue because especially if they're going for playoffs in Minnesota and they're still going to win a couple games, we know what Kirk does at the end. And I mean, those, those two points are everything in the fantasy football championships. I'll tell you that much. Matthew, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, man. He's got a, a lot of tough matchups coming up. Are we going to be able to trust what's going down in LA?
1: I don't know. I mean, he's, he's started to look better. You know, um, I don't mind his, uh, his, his matchups in the playoffs, you know, for the fantasy playoffs, he's going to get Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, and the 49ers and Baltimore, who's usually a team that I stay away from when it comes to, you know, throwing against, they've been pretty susceptible to the past this year. So I think that Safford's absolutely a guy that I would want on my fantasy roster going into the playoffs.
0: Beautiful. And you know, that Baltimore, they lost uh, Humphrey for the year to that torn. Exactly.
1: Bag?
0: Yeah, man, you watch out lights out for Baltimore's pass defense. Tell you right now, Jalen hurts, man, injury and in off games with Mr. Garter Minshew stealing the show. You trusting? You're still trusting your boy throughout the playoffs, ride or Oh die, my gosh.
1: He gets he gets Washington twice and the Giants. Give me Ooh. all of the Jalen Hurts. Ride
0: or die with his boy Jalen Hurts for the championship. Oh, um, I just you know what? I'm going to say no comment right now because I want to be nice and I, I don't want to be mean to the man. So we'll re, we, we'll revisit next week and then we'll see how I feel.
1: Wait, mean mean me to which man? Hurts J- or me?
0: Hurts. Not, not like. Oh, OK. I, I, I still want to be mean to you. Maybe I should be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be an asshole. Keep going. God, you bug me today, man. Just go away. You know, you and your Patriots just go. Away. I'm being mean to you. I love you, man. We love Josh you. Allen. Josh Allen, man. Are we trusting my boy Josh throughout the fantasy playoffs?
1: Um, yes. And the, so the reason here, going up against Carolina is going to have a tough matchup there. Going against New England, again, another tough matchup. But if your team is able to make it to the fantasy championship in week 17, You get rewarded with the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Mm, And that's in Atlanta, is it not?
1: That is in Atlanta. In a dome dome. where Josh Allen will throw for 500 yards and run for another 250.
0: He's going to go for 800 himself, so he will be your league winner, 110%. Patrick Mahomes, man. The way that he's not generating the numbers, Chris, it's a little worrisome. you you still being like... Uber confident on this man throughout the the uh, playoffs.
1: I mean, I have him in my home league, and I'm going to be starting him because the only other option that I have would be Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me personally, I'm going to be starting Mahomes. You know, he has he has some decent matchups. You know, he's going to have the Chargers, the Steelers, and then the Bengals. Um, Bengals he shouldn't have any trouble with there in their secondary, but the Chargers and the Steelers those are not easy matchups. So it's going to be tough for Mahomes.
0: Yeah, fair enough, man. It's going to be ride or die with him too, man. You can't sit him; you got to start him. So it's it's what do you take with the with the long run? Dalvin Cook, man, with his hurt shoulder and all, man. What the hell are you doing with this, man? Because I have zero faith.
1: I think it's just a matter of when he comes back. And again, that this is a this is an opportunity here or a situation where if if the Vikings keep losing games and they're out of the playoffs, they're probably going to shut down a lot of their studs, you know, because they don't want to risk, especially with Dalvin Cook. They don't want to risk, you know, him getting injured even worse than what he already is. And again, not a great matchup. He's got the Bears, who have a decent run defense. They have the Rams, and then they've got the Packers. So Dalvin Cook, it's going to be. If I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, I'm not looking forward to starting him in the fantasy playoffs.
0: If I'm a Dalvin Cook owner, I pray he doesn't. They keep saying he's hurt and he can't play. That's where that's where I'm at with. Dalvin. So you don't
1: have to make the decision.
0: Correct. I I think it's, it's, you know, the only reason to play Dalvin cook throughout the fantasy playoffs is if you legit have no other option. That's it for me at this point, because he has shown even last year, you remember he got hurt right when it was, I believe in game. So you can't trust this man to me. This is why I always shy away from this man. He's a baller when he's healthy. No question. But the injuries, man, at the worst possible times come to kill you, and that's your season. I hate it. Agreed. Daryl Henderson, now with the, the quad and, and Sony, can we kind of discuss this? So if you want to just, you know, gloss over it quickly, what do you think?
1: Um, yeah, if he's healthy, you know, then I think that he's fine. You know, he's going to have the Seahawks, the Vikings. Ravens, while their secondary is a little bit iffy right now, they still do have a really good front seven. Um, but I think I think with Henderson, I think he's still safe because of how he's used as a receiver.
0: No, fair enough. It's, it's hard to argue. <laughs> you know, I'm being facetious there as well. I can't trust Sony down the stretch unless it's a sure thing. Like we know Henderson won't play. Yeah, it's Sony, Michelle, man. Those knees have seen better days, people.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless unless somehow they're going to change the schedule and the Rams get the Jaguars for weeks 15, 16, <laughs> or 17. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are... <sighs> Let, how can I put it nicely there? There are uh, ladies of the night that have better knee conditions right now than Sony
0: Michelle. Oh, oh, my. He's bringing out the triple X style. Look at you. They are people
1: too, Chris. Why you got it? Exactly. Them? That's why I'm calling them ladies of the night and not horse.
0: Oh, my goodness. Tri- we're going to have to put a triple explicit on this show. Hide the kids. <laughs> you should have put them to bed hours ago. Good God almighty. We're going to get canceled. James Conner now with Edmonds coming back, Chris this one's a very tricky situation for me because I really believe they want to do a multi backfield here because they want it. Look what they did with the uh, D hop and Kyler. They knew they could continue to win. Right. And, and no matter who was in the game, they had that confidence. They want to make this run. And that means health, man. It's a war of attrition. This NFL don't get that twisted. It's about whose bodies, who has better bodies at the end of the year. That's how it is. Every single season. You know, Connor might be tough to trust, uh, especially at his level that he's playing right now, carrying teams.
1: It, it could be, but I'm also if I'm Arizona and I see how Connor has been.
0: So we had a little technical difficulties. Let's go back. James Connor. What's the thought process on James Connor with Edmonds coming back
1: with Connor. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm keeping Connor as my running back. You know, it's my main guy because he's been efficient. He's I mean, how last week he led the Cardinals in rushing and receiving yards And he's also that goal line guy. So if I'm a James Conner owner, I'm still starting him in my leagues because of that touchdown upside. Because when they're inside the five, when they're inside the 10, Connor's getting the ball. He's going to vulture those touchdowns away from Edmonds. The only one you have to worry about is Kyler Murray, who got himself a couple of rushing touchdowns this past week. But for me, Connor's still the guy, I think.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree a little bit. Um, The only issue I have, maybe Edmonds steals a little bit more PPR where James has been getting a little bit more of that lately. Maybe that's where Edmonds comes back in the mix and he finds his role. But I think this offense is too dynamic anyway. So I think you might be safe playing both with a with a floor going to be like 10 points full PPR, Chris.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be like a Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake kind of a situation. You know, obviously Drake is done for the year, but Drake is somebody that was able to, you know, at least get things going in the passing game, still getting a little bit done on the ground. So, um, but yeah, if you owned both Edmonds and Connor, I think starting either one of them is fine.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. What about DeAndre Swift, man? You you trust him with this, with this shoulder injury. This is a tough one.
1: I mean, it's kind of the same thing with, you know, with, with Dalvin Cook. I mean, they're saying, you know, who knows how long Swift is going to be out, but as long as Swift can play, I love his, uh, his fantasy matchups. I mean, tough matchup against the Cardinals in week 15, but then he's got Atlanta and Seattle in six, Week 16 and 17. Mm. So for me, yeah, as long as Swift is healthy, I love, love, love his matchups.
0: Yeah. He's going to be a league winner. The way things are going. What about Pollard? Tony Pollard is a hot name right now. Everybody pumping him up. Like he's better than Zeke. I'm not buying it. He does give you the upside <laughs> in, in mm-hmm. touchdown productivity, at big explosive plays. What are we thinking down the stretch, man? Is Pollard a safe, uh, safe bet?
1: I don't think so. I mean, he he might be able to find as like a flex option if he needs somebody. Um, but I have a in my home league, I have him on my team. I have two flex spots instead of the defense and the kicker, mm-hmm. and I haven't started him because we don't know. You know, okay, yeah, is he gonna break off a long touchdown run? Maybe, but other than that, you know, he wasn't really heavily used in the passing game last week. Zeke hasn't looked all that great either. So at this point, I think Zeke is a a low end RB two and Pollard probably not startable unless you're in a 14 team league.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, I'm looking at it for Pollard from that perspective of matchup upside. If the team gives up a lot of big plays to the passing work and uh, to running backs, that's you got to do your research on this one. You have to look at their matchups week to week for you to trust Pollard to hopefully get that big play and, and score that touchdown for it to be viable. Saquon man what are we doing with Saquon for the fantasy championship if you made it to the uh, playoffs with Saquon on your team congratulations you you did a miracle but if you're oh. now there with Saquon man what do you do with him because he has not been producing and now they're going to be certain uh state farm Jake from. like this is not good man
1: yeah I'm not loving it uh looking at the matchup that he's going to have is going to be Dallas Philly and Chicago like those are not those are not run defenses. I want to be going up against you know, especially where if it is Glennon or Fromm for the rest of the year. Say they don't, you know, they don't have Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. I mean, teams are just going to stack the box. They're going to let these quarterbacks try to beat them. They're just going to focus in on Saquon and Saquon only, and that just spells bad news for somebody who hasn't been able to produce to the level that we expected
0: hundred percent. I'm terrified as a Barkley owner. I am scared to death. Tyreek Hill, man. So up and down, man, what's the trust level here? I know we got to play him. We got to start him, but what's your trust level? Because I, I feel like he could be one of the reasons why you bow out early in the playoffs.
1: I think so. And I mean, you know, not a great, you know, matchup for the rest of the season here. And if I'm an owner, um, I mean, yeah, you start them because you have to, but I'm also not feeling great about it, but I also would not want to like go rush the waiver wire to pick up somebody else just to be sneaky. Like I'd rather be safe and not worry so much about upside. You go with the upside when you're trying to sneak into the playoffs, not what you were already there.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And we, like I said, you got to start him. It's just what's your comfortable factor? What if you have yeah. options? You know, what's your options if you want to bench him, but you got to have damn good options? Same goes for Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's been so up and down. Basically the same type of uh, Tyreek Hill evaluation, I'm assuming, from you as well.
1: Again, same, same thing. Um, tough matchups, you know. Uh, Carolina, great secondary, you know, going up against New England again in week 16, great secondary there. Um, you just hope that you get yourself to the fantasy championships because, like we talked about with Josh Allen, the Bills get the Falcons in week 17.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the league winner. How about Jalen Waddle? Waddle, waddle.
1: Uh, did you just get a little, little stutter step there? Yeah, man, um,
0: I was waddling, man. Do you like that? Oh, was... you're a
1: waddle. The, they don't know, Come that on, man, did you... they just think that you're stuttering.
0: <laughs> I'm on repeat, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. That.
1: Give me all the Jalen Waddle weeks, 15 and through 17 Mm -hmm. jets, saints, Titans, give me, give me all of them.
0: Yep. Waddle's been balling like crazy league winner, Jalen Waddle. Can you believe it? Mike Williams, man, two of last seven, no good, man, or only good for two of Mm. last seven. I mean, this is, this is a headache and a half for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably starting him, you know, probably as a flex option. Um, but that's a tough matchup against Kansas city in week 15. Um, it gets better with Houston and then Denver to an extent, but uh, you better hope that your, your matchup does not rely on Mike Williams being your wide receiver one.
0: Yeah. The only upside going into week 14 right now was uh, Keenan Allen, I believe is on the COVID. So you're going to get target share outside of that. I mean, it's a tough bet, man, tough bet for Mike Williams. Scary Terry, same type of situation. Two of last eight have been good. The rest have been mediocre, man. This scares me to death.
1: Yeah, I do think that he, I think that he finishes strong. You know, they're all division games, two against the Eagles, one against Dallas. Um, I I think that he can finish strong because I mean, where else are they going to go? Especially if Logan Thomas is out, you know, they don't have very many options except for Mr. Adam Humphreys, but uh In all, in all seriousness, no, I think I think Terry's going to be just fine.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm terrified half to death, but I'll I'll be starting Terry everywhere I have him. So, T yeah. Higgins, man, last two weeks we found the old Higgins, and uh, Jamar Chase is kind of taking a backseat. What about Higgins, man?
1: I, you know what, I I like it. I mean, uh, you know, Boyd is still there, but Higgins has really gotten a really healthy target share. Um, and so yeah, I'm perfectly fine with him being my wide receiver too for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. I'm if I got Higgins, you can't you can't bench him at this point. He just looks too damn good. Elijah Moore flex with Wilson supporting the cause. What are we thinking, man? Is, is this trustworthy after the last two weeks now?
1: I think so. You know, um the, the Jets to finish out the you know the fantasy playoffs. They've got the Dolphins, they got the Jags championship round for you would probably be against the bucks. But um the fact that Wilson is now targeting more, he really looks like he's starting to get on the same page with them, you know, which he wasn't the first three, four weeks of the year. And then of course, Wilson got injured. I, I love more as being this team's number one wide receiver. And I'm more than okay with him being my wide receiver to flex option. Going forward.
0: Love it, man. Love it. Deandre Hopkins, man. What are we doing? Ooh, DeAndre. What are we doing? with DeAndre? Deandre
1: Hopkins scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yes, he does. They, they don't have a great schedule to to go out the rest of the season, minus Detroit in week 15. Um, there's just too much inconsistency, you know. Uh, the fact that he's been banged up, that he's been, you know, hot and cold here and there. I just I can't trust him. Am I starting him? Yeah, but I don't feel good about it.
0: You know what's funny is that he'll he's turned into like that manager for your fantasy team, the game manager. Like he'll get you the touchdown and like two receptions now because of the injury. It's it sucks. It's not the D hop of old. I'm terrified as well. It sucks. Yep. Mike Gesicki inconsistent last four weeks, man. What do you, your boy? This is your boy. What are you thinking?
1: I love, I love me some Gesicki. Um, gets the Jets, you know, week fifteen, but then he has to go up against the Saints and the Titans, who are fairly decent against the against the tight end. So it's gonna be target share. That's what's gonna be key with him is he has to get the targets um, because if if Tua isn't getting them into that red zone, you know, and, and Gesicki doesn't have that touchdown upside he needs eight targets, you know, hopefully getting five or six catches for 70, 80 yards.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on Gaseki right now. I know he's got that high end upside. We know what he can do when he gets the target share and he puts the ball in yep. his hands. It just, this chemistry with Waddle right now, I think has actually uh, become the issue for Gaseki's overall game. And it's not that they don't want to give it to Gusecki. I think that just Waddle's just playing too good. They're just force feeding him the ball now.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: Kyle Pitts, man, horrible since week eight. What are we doing with the rock, man? He hit the wall, man, and I don't know if there's any coming back from this one.
1: I mean, as long as I have another solid option at tight end, um, I'm probably benching Pitts for the fantasy playoffs. Um, he gets the Niners, the Lions, and the Bills, who all allow less than six fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. So, for me, I'm I'm probably not starting Pitts.
0: Yeah, man. As soon as Ridley went out, man, it's been double team all day long on pits. It's not his fault. He's just not open. He can't get open, can't get separation. And that's just the way things go. Uh, Darren Waller, man, I think he's uh, trending on the right direction to come back for the fantasy playoffs. How trusting are you of this man right now?
1: As long as he can come back, I'm I'm absolutely trusting. You know, he's going to get the targets. Yes, Carr has been involving a lot more of the other receivers, though. Um, He hasn't seen as many targets or that higher target share that he did last season, but he is still the number one guy for the for the Raiders. So for me, when he comes back, as long as he's healthy, I'm still plugging him in.
0: Fair enough. What about my boy, Dawson Knox, man? Three drops yesterday on Monday Night Football could have made the difference in the game. What are you thinking about this in the in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him as my tight end one going through the playoffs. He's got a decent matchup, you know, the rest of the way. So for me, I'm still I'm firing him up.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go, baby. That is for fantasy football playoffs. After our Bills and Patriots ranting, you're celebrating my ranting and my alcohol drinking. Like this is just it's not it's not healthy, man. I may I might need a liver transplant by the end of the season, buddy.
1: You, you guys should try winning. It's a lot better when you drink out. Wow.
0: What a dick! He just keeps on giving them.
1: <laughs> Maybe I should just close this out and just stop the pain, man. He just keeps stabbing me in the. I heart. can, I can keep going.
0: I know you can. I see that you're very much uh, encouraged by all of this.
1: I'm like Captain America. I can do this all day.
0: And we gotta see this again in two weeks, hey man. Me and you, two weeks. This is gonna be seriously the end of a friendship if the Bills don't make this one and one in this series this
1: year. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. uh it's gonna be ugly
0: ugly but there you go that's it that's the show let's close this one out baby so on that note that is the show thanks so much for tuning in you can find me on twitter at chris underscore fh1 you can find chris on twitter at vineyard remedy man you still stumbling me on this one to all the listeners I'll thank be. you for all the support and on behalf of chris thanks again for listening until next time stay safe and be kind to each other i'm out